Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help growing companies, especially manufacturers, improve their people, process, and planning systems so they can scale smarter and faster. Joining me again is my colleague, Rhonda Beard. Welcome back, Rhonda. Thank you, Mike. Good to see you again. Because I introduced you as my colleague, what if you would take a moment, just introduce yourself, a little bit about your background and um, how you and I end up being colleagues. Sure. Well, uh, Mike and I worked together at Mohawk years ago and stayed in contact over the many years that we went separate paths for a while. And then I reconnected about three years ago and I was thrilled to be able to join Bench Builders at that time. Prior to that, I've had 20 plus years, we'll just say 20 plus years of human resources experience in all areas of HR and in many industries, including banking, transportation, logistics, and manufacturing. So I really wanted to make a change in my career to enable me to do more training, which is what I love doing best, and to help smaller businesses with some of their HR needs. And so that's what we've primarily been focused on, and that's what I've enjoyed doing the last few years. We have unique opportunity to do something that we probably haven't done much on this podcast, and that is kind of highlight one way and we help clients. And one of the things that we've seen is employers wrestling with this notion of managing multiple generations. Mm-hmm. Um, as a starting point, Rhonda, there are multiple generations in the workplace. How many are potentially active right now? Well, right now, five different generations. And the first time, to my knowledge, that we have had really five distinct identified generations all working together. And uh, those, if you'd like, I'll just do a brief description of what they are. Please. So the silent generation is uh, kind of dying out. I shouldn't probably use that word, but our more mature generation, and it's only 2% of our workforce right now, but we do have people in our workforce over 70 years old still working. And uh, they have some unique characteristics. They grew up in the depression with war. They're definitely loyal, committed workers. They view work as a privilege and um, a duty, and they have the commitment and loyalty throughout their lives, family and, uh, and work alike. But it is a small part of the workforce. Baby boomers are those people that are about 55 to 70, 72 years old right now. Um, And they grew up, you know, with post-war prosperity. So they had parents living through the depression, but they lived in a much different environment. Um, They are what we typically would know as workaholics. Hmm. Uh, Work a lot, want to earn a lot, want to have a lot. And they want to be given purpose and power in their jobs. They want to be valued for their experience and knowledge that they bring to the job. And then we have Generation X, which are uh, about 40 to 55 years old right now. And a couple of the key things that we started seeing with people in this generation during their uh, careers are layoffs, cutbacks. Uh, businesses started becoming more competitive. And so that loyalty factor is starting to disappear as people see companies are not loyal to them as much as they had expected in the past. And so their loyalty factor definitely has dropped as well. Uh, We start to see more divorces, more single parents, more working mothers. 
and um, they they want to be trusted, but they also have a difficult time trusting companies because of a lot of changes and cutbacks they may have been through. And then we have millennials, which are about 24 to 40 years old right now. And this is the group that started growing up with very heavy technology, lots of technology, but they've also experienced terrorism in their young years. So, I mean, all of the generations have experienced that, but they grew up with terrorism and grew up with a different community and different society really than some of the other generations did. Um, there with millennials, we're starting to see people who wanna be more involved in the workplace. They want to be included in decisions. They want to be included in discussions. They wanna be empowered and know that what they're doing makes the difference. And then we have Generation Z, which are really uh, those just now entering the workforce, out of high school, out of college, starting their first jobs. And a lot of Gen Z got out of college during COVID and couldn't find a job. A lot of Gen Z you know, experience this pandemic because they're just trying to get into the workforce. So they don't have a whole lot to base their history on prior to COVID because they might've just been entering the workforce during that time. So we're seeing a lot more uh, remote workers, a lot more uh, workers expecting flexibility because of the experience to that. Um, they're digital 24 seven, they're connected constantly. And they also have that instant, instantaneous information available to them. And so they expect that instantaneous response and can be impatient uh, when it comes to potential delays in getting information. Um, but they're they're very enthusiastic. They will work. There's some misnomers about people, younger people maybe not wanting to work or not wanting to put forth an effort, uh, but they will. They have to have the right framework and the right opportunities and be shown how what they're doing adds value and be included. So um, there's you know, tons of information on all the generations, though that's just kind of a quick overview of the differences between them. So if you're listening, you're saying, oh, my gosh, I can't keep up all this mm -hmm. traditionalists, baby boomers, Generation X, Generation Y, Generation Z, they all can kind of run together. And what Rhonda and I kind of said we might want to do is focus our conversation today on where we get most of our questions from our clients. Uh, we're in a tra training setting. We're working with leaders and the kinds of questions that keep coming up more often than not when it comes to managing multiple generations are leaders who are managing folks who could be best described as millennials or Gen Z. And what we have to be mindful of is that the natural tendency is to think, well, this is an older manager who is managing someone from a younger generation. And that oftentimes is the case, but it also can work the other way around. And we have to be mindful of. And so one of the things we're gonna to try to do in this conversation is not necessarily put people in a bucket just based on when they were born. But we know that when people experience things that are somewhat similar, they tend to have some similarities, but they also have some differences. And all too often we put all of our emphasis on those differences. So what I hope in our conversation is that we would point out there are differences, but there are commonalities. Because we're gonna focus primarily on millennials and 
Gen Zs. It kind of begs the question, irrespective of what generation you come from, everybody wants meaningful work, do they not? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, of course. I ask that question in part because this idea of engagement, employee engagement, what does that mean to you when you hear that term? Well, to me, engagement is uh, feeling like you're included, like you're a part of something bigger. So it's not so much you know, going into the workplace and just being shown your job and told to do your job. People want to be included and they're going to be engaged if they feel like they have a part of something bigger. So, you know, engagement is employees who feel like they're included and also take the initiative to step up because of that. So they have more than just doing their job and getting a paycheck in their best interest. And they want to be valued. They want to be you know, part of the organization's big picture, their vision, their mission. And engagement means going that extra step. They're willing to go that extra step because they're in an environment where they feel like they're cared for, they're important, they're listened to. And if they have all those things, then they are going to be engaged and they are going to step up and take initiative and take that extra step and hopefully stay. You know, that's, I know we probably won't spend much time talking about the great resignation or reshuffling or whatever you want to call it right now, um, but that's definitely factoring into how people are leading their people today. So you know, a lot of what we want to focus on and encourage people is the things that you need to do to effectively lead people based on their expectations so that you can retain them because it's such a challenge today. So what do we do just that? Rhonda, in, in terms of, let's just kind of walk through kind of how someone comes into an organization. They've been recruited, um, they're about to start, and we have opportunity to hire them, orient them, and onboarding. How important is onboarding for millennials and Gen Zs? Well, it's extremely important, and onboarding actually starts before their first day at work. So once someone accepts an offer, you really need to stay in touch with them through that entire process until they start that first day. Because, again, they want to know that somebody cares about them. They mm -hmm. want to know that they're important, not just that they have a job. And so the best time to do that is early on and even before they start work. So just check-ins, even if it's just an email saying, you know, we can't wait to have you start. Here's what time we'll be starting. Here's what you can expect your first day. Here's who you'll see when you get here. So outline expectations for them so they're not walking in the door blind. And then when they do walk in the door, be ready for them. You know, mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than walking in and saying, hi, I'm here to start my first day of work and nobody's expecting you. Hmm. Or the receptionist tries to call somebody, they're not available, they try to call somebody else, nobody's in HR. So you need to make an extra effort to make sure they're avail they're welcome and that you're ready for them. And um, some of that might mean, you know, getting a computer set up, having the office set up, making sure you have a training plan for them. So have a plan and be ready for the individual and show them how important it is that they're there. So, you know, candidates have to make a good first impression during an interview, so do companies now. And then you have to continue making that good impression when that employee comes on board so that they see that this is the place they want to work and they see that 
they're going to have a sense of belonging and they're going to have relationships that work and it's not just a job to them. So onboarding starts before the first day and it doesn't stop after your first day. Um, you know, many people, and, and I work with a lot of managers and explain that, yes, HR takes care of most of the onboarding activities the first day, but beyond that, onboarding continues in the department and the employees and leaders are all part of that onboarding, onboarding process for weeks after their first day because that employee is gauging whether this is a place that they're going to want to continue to work because they have options now and they have choices. So we want them to choose to be where they're at and you, every day you have to work at that. You know, what you just described, the importance of onboarding, that really is true of all employees, regardless of what of generation. Course, yeah. But we're, since we're focusing primarily on millennials and Gen Zs, we know that they're more accustomed to regular feedback and mm -hmm. you're just stressing the importance onboarding's not that first day of the job it even precedes that you're beginning to kind of prepare them for what's going to be their experience right. i don't know if we want to do a comparison and contrast but let's kind of go through aspects we've got leaders listening in on this podcast how do millennials prefer to be led well, they want to be coached and they want to be given opportunities. They don't, obviously, not many people like to be micromanaged, but some people do want to be told what to do and they'll do what you tell them to. Um, but they want to be given some latitude to do their job. And they also want to have some flexibility and independence in doing their job. So when you're leading millennials or Gen Z, you need to think about how to structure the job in a way that they have everything they need to do the job and then let them do it. And you also need to allow them to fail and let them know that failing is okay as long as they learn from it and can make improvements and um, you know, do, do things differently when they do make mistakes. But letting them know that failing is okay and helping them to learn from their mistakes, um, giving them kind of bite-sized pieces of advice and coaching and direction, uh, not you know, sitting down and going through hours of manuals or descriptions. Millennials and Gen Z are used to finding things themselves. They're used to going out and going to YouTube or asking Siri or Alexa or anybody, anybody online, they can find anything. And so if the job allows them to do that kind of research themselves and figure things out themselves, that's how they're gonna operate best rather than being told step-by-step everything to do. So giving them some independence, um, giving them some latitude, and if there's the ability to do that, let them make some decisions on their own. Obviously not in a vacuum, um, but be there for them, but give them the independence to do their job. And then as far as um, coaching, they want to be coached, but they really want it in bite-sized pieces. So very small increments of coaching, and not in a way that you tell them what to do, but asking them their opinion. How, how do you think we should do this? What do you think is the best way? How would you improve this? So asking them questions and drawing out their ideas is how they're gonna feel like they're valued. So that's the best way to lead and coach people so that they have an opportunity to offer their skills, their knowledge, their expertise, their ideas, and that way they're gonna feel included in like what they have to offer is valued. Gotcha. Since we're talking about millennials and Gen Zs, and we're talking about, you know, 
how do they want to be led? How do they want to be a coach? In what ways do they prefer to be kind of developed as professionals? Uh, well, you know, there are things outside of just the job that they're also interested in. So in addition to giving them all of the information they need for their job, they, they want more. They mm. want more outside of that. They want to know that they're involved in a company that values the community, values society, gives back. Um, they're very interested in diversity, in you know, social relationships at work, in any activities that that are fun. So, you know, doing things not just work related, but fun things at work they're interested in. Um, when it comes to training, you know, they they want to be involved in all of those things, training and development. Um, they are best trained and developed electronically. So any type of uh, electronic um, online training that they can do at their own pace, you know, self-guided, again, small bits and pieces, not sitting at a computer for three or four hours at a time because they're used to moving very quickly. So bite-sized pieces of training that can be self-directed and, uh, and then, you know, possibly following up with them and asking questions again so that you have a dialogue around what they've learned. Um, classroom setting is good as well because they like the interaction with people. So a, a blended approach really works best. They do like the interaction with, with people, but they want to have the technology available to them. So um, if there's a way to blend that, they really operate and respond best to um, having the interaction, but having all of the information available electronically. As we've worked with clients who have millennials and Gen Zs in training, these are supervisors, these may be managers, that blended approach to training is something that we're finding is mm -hmm. oftentimes sought out. They like that social interaction that you get when you're in a classroom setting, but they're also, yeah. you've mentioned the term bite-sized pieces, not only in training, but also uh, in coaching. So that's a good buzzword for us to remember, bite-sized pieces. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about how millennials and Gen Zs prefer to be led and coached and what opportunities should we give them from a development standpoint. But this is the thing that keeps coming up oftentimes, and that is recognition. How important is recognition to those generations? And if it is, what are the best forms of recognition? Well, I think, I mean, I think everybody knows recognition is important to everybody. There's nobody that doesn't like to be recognized for what they do. There are differences with some of the generations, though, in the best way to recognize people. A thank you is always appreciated. You know, taking time for anybody just to say, you, you know, you did a great job on this. Thank you for your extra efforts. But you have to be specific about what that is. You know, that's, that's pretty common recognition rules. If you're going to recognize somebody, it should be immediately following whatever they did. And be very specific, not just good job or thank you. Very specific so they know what they did and they'll want to repeat that because yeah. you've recognized them. Um, for millennials and Gen Z, uh, some things that work pretty well for them would be recognizing them for milestones they achieve. Hmm. So, for instance, if you have them working on a project or uh, you know, maybe maybe even in their learning process, you know, recognize them when they make incremental improvements and be very specific about what that is. Or, for instance, if um, 
if they were the first one to get a big account this month, you know, recognize that first big new order this month, or the most improved in quality. So milestones like that are things that are very specific and a little bit competitive. So if they feel like, you know, they've done really well and not just really well for themselves, but really well for the team, they've contributed to the team. Those are the types of things that they really like being recognized for. And um, time off is a great way to recognize people. Uh, one of the best ways, that's what people are really looking for nowadays is flexibility with their schedule, um, time off, little incremental things, tech, technology, uh, little technical um, gadgets are good recognition rewards, uh, but mostly public recognition in front of peers, in front of other management, you know, send an email, copy your manager on it so that they're getting recognized and exposure, um, newsletters, you know, digital boards, if you have them in your offices, put people's pictures up. Uh, so, you know, different ways that they get exposure and they also feel like what they've done has contributed to the team. Recognizing those efforts and those milestones are what's most effective. So we've talked about how millennials and Gen Zs prefer to be led and coached and trained and developed and recognized. But COVID has changed many, many things. For some organizations, it has led to not temporary, but a permanent move to work from home or remote work. How is this remote work kind of unfolding? What do you find might be good guidance for our listeners. If you're managing millennials and you're managing Gen Zs and they're not at the workplace, but they're working remotely, perhaps your whole team is, are there some special things you would suggest that we pay particular attention to? Sure. And again, a lot of this is going to apply to anybody working remote and uh, specifically though for Gen Z and millennials. You know, many Gen Z people started working for an organization during COVID and may not have ever met anybody in person at their mm. company. I've heard you know, many stories about people who started working in 2020 or 21 or just out of college and it's a remote job, they're working remote and they've never met anybody in person at the company. And, and with a lot more remote work happening now, many times you're working for a company that's not even anywhere close to where you live. You might be working for a company that's headquartered in California or in another country. And so there's a lot of remote work happening and um, with the need to really have that social interaction and that connection with people, it's tough if you're out there on an island. So I think leaders have to be specifically keyed in on what to do for individuals that have that socialization need. And a lot of this really depends on the communication you have with them and how well you get to know them. So a big key is knowing your employees and knowing what's important to them and being able to individualize the coaching, the interaction, the communication, because some people don't need as much communication or interaction as others, but you need to know that about people to know what's going to work for them and not just make assumptions. One size does not fit all. You know, you've got five generations and different people in different generations have different needs and priorities. So you can't just also assume that everybody who's a millennial needs this or everybody who's um, you know in a silent generation is okay just to come to work because they feel it's a privilege 
You can't make assumptions about people based on their generation, but you have to recognize some of the things about their generation as you're communicating with them. So with, uh, you know, with remote work, particularly Gen Z and millennials, having very specific goals and objectives for them so they know if they're hitting the mark. Having regular interaction, whether it's on Zoom or Slack or video conference, um, and it doesn't, and not always just work related. Mm -hmm. Having those conversations just about, you know, how are you doing? Just want to check in on you today. Um, after work, you know, get on Zoom for 20 minutes and have a glass of wine with them. So things that you can do to to check in with them, but also don't forget about them when you have people in the office that are involved and engaged in things that they might not be. You have to remember your remote workers and figure out ways to include them. So if you, you know, you're having a meeting over lunch and they're going to be on Zoom, make sure that you, you know, send them lunch, have lunch delivered. If you're providing lunch to people in your office and they're at home, then have lunch delivered to them. So little things like that that just make them feel like they're part of the team, feel like they're included and you haven't forgotten about them. Um, but most important, just you really have to increase that communication to make them feel involved and included. And then keep in mind all the other things about developing and giving them online training and um, communicating goals and objectives, um, recognizing them, you know, it's, you still have to recognize them, even if they're not in the office and they do something great, you still have to recognize them and find ways to do that. So it takes more creativity, um, but in order to keep those people engaged, you really need to be creative in how you work with all your employees and know that everyone's different and you have to figure out what motivates each person, what's important to them, how to recognize them, how to lead them, how to develop them, and, uh, and know that the up and coming workforce are millennials and Gen Z. So they're not going away. We're gonna see more and more of them and that's why we focus mainly on those two generations because that's gonna, those are the generations that are gonna be in the workforce for the longest along with where the generations are coming behind them. And those are the generations that we need to focus on in terms of knowing what's important to them in order to create an environment where they want to stay. You know, Rhonda, you know this question's coming because it's asked of all guests, but if you would give some thought to maybe a situation where you may had a client or clients that um, found themselves stuck, what did it take to get them unstuck? Well, I, I don't know if I have one in particular. I will say related to this topic in mm -hmm. particular, um, many times where we've been training leaders on how to lead people of different generations in the workforce, um, we'll start the conversation with some of the challenges they have and some of the stereotypes or feelings are, well, millennials just don't want to work or, you know, millennials, they want so much time off and, you know, they don't want to work overtime. Um, they don't want to do anything extra. And then as we go through, so many of them feel like they're they're being held hostage by employees these days because if they don't get what they want, they're going to go work somewhere else. And so once we get through a lot of information on the different generations and explain what's important to people and explain how to motivate them, how to engage them, how to get them communicating and sharing information and learning and, and uh, taking initiative and stepping up, I've seen you know many light bulbs go on 
and many leaders come back and say, you know, I tried that with somebody who's a millennial and it really worked. So I think one of the big things is that a lot of companies have not gone to the extent to make sure their leaders have the tools and information they need to lead a multi-generational workforce. It's a big challenge today, and, and most people who are leaders would tell you it's a big challenge to try to figure out all these different priorities and different ways of leading people. So I think what I've seen is many organizations that have come out of it much better by providing the tools and resources that their leaders need to figure out how to lead and keep people engaged, whether it's remote, whether it's in the office, whether it's you know manufacturing, there's a lot of different tips and tactics and resources you can use, but the leaders need to be provided that information so they know how they can create a better team environment and a better work environment for everybody. As Rhonda well knows, we offer customized training and therefore we want to give the client a sense of the potential topics that we could put together training resources on. This idea of managing multiple generations it comes up so often. They say, yes, we want to have dialogue on that. And so the example you gave is when you do commit to spending some time exploring the differences, but also recognizing though there are differences, there are things that bind all generations together. That was said earlier. Um, all generations uh, want to feel as if they're being offered meaningful work. And in terms of the examples you've given, you've given us with a specific kind of focus on millennials and Gen Zs, how they like to be led and coached, train and develop and recognize. We've talked also a bit about the challenges of when we're trying to lead people who are working remotely and how important it is to don't overlook them. Be very, very in intentional. You know, Rhonda, as you kind of reflect on this conversation, and it's a lot to cover in this mm -hmm. kind of time frame. What might be some closing thoughts or takeaways you want us to have? Well, I would say, again, it's, it is a challenge to lead people in, in different generations. But a lot of what we've talked about is really just common sense. It's really just very common sense, courtesy, uh, communication with people. And the more you interact with your employees, the more you're going to know what they want and what they need. So the interaction and communication is very important with all employees. With millennials and Gen Zs, it's even more important. And inclusion, involvement, getting their opinions, giving them latitude, and you know, giving them, giving them that independence and flexibility to be able to do their job is what they're gonna embrace. And I know in many companies that's not possible to do all of that, when you talk to your people, though, and find out what they're looking for, that's when you're going to know best how to lead them. So just talking to people can make such a big difference in figuring out what works for them. Develop that relationship. Let them know that you care and you want to see them grow and develop. And uh, and, and just listen. Uh, most of all, though, again, asking them a lot of questions to get their input, their involvement, their feedback is going to make them feel more valued and hopefully retain them as employees for a long period of time, which is always our goal. Rhonda, you and I have the opportunity, we speak essentially every day in some form of fashion. Um, 
but in doing so, I get a chance to kind of learn, you know, what you bring to the table and the perspective that you offer. And I think you were able to demonstrate that mastery of this somewhat complex topic of managing multiple generations. Thank you for your willingness to share that expertise with us today. Thanks, Mike. I've enjoyed it. Well, I've enjoyed it as well. I do want to thank our listeners for joining us today as well. We upload the latest episode to Apple, Google, and Spotify every Thursday. So if you've enjoyed this episode here with Rhonda, please subscribe. Is your company growing? Are you worried that you don't have the right people and processes in place to handle that increased workload? If yes, let's talk. Reach out to Rhonda or I by heading to Bench-Builders to schedule a quick call. We'll explore ways to help you solve those nagging problems so you can scale faster and smarter. So I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you have picked up some tips from Rhonda that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.